0: This is Lor Sheng and Gigi. Welcome to Slice Root, a space where we recreate our post-meal conversations with guests discussing life, dreams, failures, and sharing stories.
1: Yeah, just like we do after sharing a meal with friends in the
0: comfort of our home. So I hope you enjoy listening in to our conversations with our guests. Hey guys, it's Lor Sheng here. Um, Today marks the last episode of season two, so I guess you could call this our season finale. Um, And then we'll take a short hiatus for the summer and be back for some new content, new interviewers, new guests um, in the fall. Um, But on behalf of Gigi and I, we're just super thankful for all our listeners out there I think we've got people from Vietnam, listeners in Germany, people in Netherlands um, giving us a listen and a like. And so we just appreciate um, the support and just appreciate uh, the people that's been following us since day one or just today. Um, We've just been really enjoying this process and providing good conversations. And hopefully um, you guys are uh, getting... Really cool insights and curiosity to ask for people's stories. Um, so yeah, we've got our last episode uh, for this season today. Um, right now, we've got my friend David Kang. Last episode, we talked about motherhood with Iris. And so in our season finale, we're going to wrap it up with talking about fatherhood with my friend David. Uh, we know each other from church He's got a beautiful daughter called Arielle, and he talks about that journey being um, a new parent to a beautiful baby girl. Hope you guys enjoy. everybody well happy june today we've got a special guest david kang in the studio
2: hey, going?
0: <laughs> um so david kang is here today i know david for almost two years so david david and his wife janice are pandemic friends i don't know if people call it that
2: that's, we, that's, the, term. that's the official term <laughs> that's the official term
0: we definitely <laughs> met over a pandemic and definitely met over zoom for like a long period of time um janice and david moved to the la area um in in 2020 and uh moved to our church was checking out churches checked out my church and joined our our like sunday watch party which we called like home church um and and eventually joined our small group so we all our interactions were over zoom it was really just cool to get to know them as a couple new semi new to the area um and just kind of welcome them in and also something that's really cool about David is that he taught me how to play tennis you know Ooh. I've never knew how to play tennis they have a te- they happen to have a tennis court in their backyard and so when COVID kind of let up uh I used to like yeah for remember like two months would go like almost try to go there every Saturday and like play tennis which was really fun and really so hard.
2: Like to make an edit here. I mean, I think Lorsching <laughs> taught herself how to play tennis. She's a very dedicated athlete. I mean, oh. for the podcast listeners here, she's also a basketball player. And to to like be an athlete, you like practice. You know, off the court. In addition to the on the court, so I taught her the basics, and then Lorraine took it the rest of the way.
0: Oh, what do they call like sensei? You know, like <laughs> that's what I think about when I think about <laughs> David and <in> tennis. <laughs> it's
1: like Karate Kid, you know. Karate
0: Kid, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but anyways, hey, um, David, want to give you the floor? Why don't you introduce yourself to us, the listeners, where you're from, where you grew up, and what you're doing right now.
2: Hey everybody, uh, my name is David Kang. Um, current resident of uh, Arcadia, California, and uh, working right now for the USC IT department. Go Trojans! Um, also in uh, the part-time business school at USC. Um, got married three years ago, and now a father of a beautiful nine-year-old, uh, nine-month-old baby girl. <laughs> uh and i i feel like life is just hitting me real fast now well all these things happen like in quick succession and like there's there's uh, uh not a lot of free time but uh happy to be here
0: <laughs> what uh remind me what your uh nine month year old name is
2: oh uh, the baby's name is uh Arielle.
0: and um, uh what, what what is she like right now what did uh what, what, what's a typical day look like for her
2: she is a small ball of cuteness, and <laughs> really anything she does looks cute because she's a tiny, small baby. Um, but the typical day is, she and us, the parents, will get up at six thirty, um, and we get her out of bed. We change her, uh, we feed her, and then we play for her, basically like for an hour. She has this little play play mat play area. Uh, And then we do that until breakfast time. So we have a family breakfast, uh, which myself, Janice, my wife, and the baby all have a breakfast together because the baby's starting to eat solid foods. I love that. (laughs) uh, One of our morning routines that we try to do uh, consistently. So after that, then the day kind of starts. Both Janice and I are kind of like on a hybrid schedule. So uh, sometimes I'll be remote, sometimes Janice will be remote, and then vice versa for in-person work. Um, And then basically when we are remote, we kind of take turns watching the baby. Uh, There's also like two naps interspersed in the day, which also helps with watching the baby because she's asleep. Uh, And then she is in bed by usually 7 p.m. Uh, Most days we try to do a family dinner right before she sleeps, like, you know, also with solid foods. Uh, and then the rest of the time, like, you know, 7 to 10, 11 is catch up on work. If there is time, us time, like a date night or something. <laughs> Doesn't happen that often right now. She's <laughs> shaking her head. So I have my wife uh, close by, <laughs> but that's that's our typical day.
0: <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah, she is. a. Uh, have I- seen Arielle. She's like a little bundle of cute. Like her cheeks are so cute there's just so round <laughs> it's,
2: it's like a, la- a little bow it's, uh, she
0: is really <laughs> like a little
2: bow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it
1: sounds like you guys have a pretty solid schedule and you guys are getting enough rest as parents
2: yes luckily because um we we sleep trained her starting um around month five and it was only because janice like was very mad at me because I would fall asleep during the night shift, and <laughs> it was at this point maternity leave had ended, and she was going into work and watching the baby late at night. And she's like, "You better effing get out of bed and figure out the <laughs> sleep training stuff." But she didn't say it to me in person because you know she would never do it like that. So she sent a lot of angry texts at three in the morning for a week, solid week. And then I you know finally got out of bed. And figured out the- <laughs> So that's the story of how the baby got sleep trained. She now sleeps basically from 7 p.m. to 6. There's almost like a solid 12 hour span of sleep at night.
0: That's great.
2: That's great. great. Praise God. Seriously. Praise Uh, praise God. All the praise for for that. (laughs) It became a game changer, truly. Started to like our baby a lot more.
0: That's real. That's real.
2: Yeah.
0: Anyways, uh like I mentioned before, um that I met you and Janice um during the pandemic and I think I don't know we were just talking earlier before we recorded this. Uh you're sharing to Gigi that you guys had just moved um uh, from Norcal um and had a, like a lot of season of a lot of transitions. You guys were married, um, moved to a new house. I know that you were in, in between jobs as well. I remember when I, when I first met you. Um, so it sounds like there was a, like, a lot of changes going on. Um, can you share with us in detail, maybe what those changes you experienced prior to getting ready for Ariel and what was it like going to another new role and new change as a dad?
2: Yeah, so in terms of all the changes that have occurred Uh, It kind of all starts basically June 2018 when I first started my full-time role at EY. Uh, That's when I moved to California for the first time uh, to live in the Bay Area um, so that Janice and I could, you know, get married. And uh, for two years we stayed uh, and then COVID hit all of a sudden in 2020. So we had some decisions to make to figure out what our living situation was going to be because our lease was going to come up and at the time janice's mom was sick uh in los angeles so long term uh, we knew we were going to move to socal to the los angeles area uh and during this time really didn't like my job at UI <laughs> because you know consulting i think she, if she's ever talked about pwcs Can can tell to listeners, is working for a big four is is not (laughs) fun. Not pleasant. Uh, So it was during this time that basically in 2020, June, July of 2020, we moved down. uh, We moved to uh, one of Janice's parents' homes that they they, had in Arcadia. They'd since moved out to a different location, um, stayed in that house uh, while... I was looking for new work, um, changed jobs to start working for the USCIT department uh, with a former client of mine, and um, a year after the move, basically like 2021, uh, we bought the house uh, from Janice's parents with with their financial support. Um, so we became homeowners in 2021, and then in March of that year, 2021. And then uh, August of 2021, uh, we we became parents. Uh, So a lot of things happened very quickly. Yeah. (laughs) So moved to LA, got a new job, bought the house, and then had the child within the span of probably 18 months. Um,
0: And then business school too. And then
2: business school happened. And that was like the last thing on the list because I applied to USC not thinking I was going to get in. I was like, sure, let me practice applying so like I, i'd planned on doing a you know applying to other places if this didn't work out then i got in so you know, it's like oh man this is this is gonna be really hard because <laughs> uh we're gonna be parents soon so somehow god has held held us together me specifically together <laughs> uh to to this time of great growth and great transition that's the, that's the current state
0: as as a friend kind of knowing all those little details and then realize you know as you guys were preparing for REL um, and then she came, how did you this seems like a very simple question, but how did you juggle all that with all those changes and you know going into going to school too in the middle of the pandemic?
2: Well I think the the juggling kind of just kind of comes by necessity. So the the first two or three things like so the move down and then the new job and then um, buying the house all seems like the regular course of business right and then for a short two-week period time slowed down when the baby came (laughs) so in august uh 2021 uh, both roughly the week before and the week after and then the week after that um it was like baby's coming right are we ready very clearly i don't think any parent really is ready when the baby finally came and when i say time slowed down i mean for us it was a period of like we we could shut everything else down so that we could focus on the baby um and i wasn't prepared for how hard it was going to be and at the same time i wasn't prepared for me to show unconditional love like that for the first time either, because um, when you when you marry somebody, a lot a lot of times you know love is a choice, right? When you marry somebody, you choose to love them you know, each and every single day, right? But for a child, you're their world, right? You you have to unconditionally love them, and it's not like a chore or anything you just do from the instant that they're born. So. In that sense, yes, for those two, three weeks during paternity leave and the birth and child time definitely slowed down. And then time started again (laughs) uh, immediately after because uh, I started school basically right after the baby came. Wow. Um, Well, I mean, technically, I started school a week before the baby came because there's like a a pre-fall semester type of preparation program. But for all intents and purposes, like real classes, quote-unquote, started after the baby came, and since then, it has been only with the love and support of Janice's parents, who live very close by now, to help watch the baby, Uh, a network of support from family and friends that have provided for our baby registry, Uh, and then also from uh, our very understanding life group, which has uh, excused our many absences from church-related events, very recently. So that's the only way we're surviving, and uh, holding it all together is, is God.
0: <laughs> yeah, come on, come on. Yeah, I uh, as as you know, this episode's uh, our last episode was um, we interviewed one of our friends who's a mom on mother for on uh, motherhood, and so um, today we're kind of talking about fatherhood, um, and. I guess I wanted to hear more about your understanding as as maybe as a man, as a husband, what it means to be a father. Um, And I guess I wanted to kind of explore, I think for all of us, what we understand about parenthood does get models from our own parents or other uh, uh, father or mother figures in our life. And I just, I don't think I've ever talked to you a little bit about that. So I was curious as we, you know, talk about your experience as being a father. What was, maybe prior to Ariel coming, what was your, how was fatherhood modeled for you in, in your family, um, in your family of origin, um, and maybe even any, any cultural things that you um, picked up or uh, noticed, what fatherhood was modeled for you?
2: Yeah, uh, so I guess the model of fatherhood for me is definitely shaped by my own father, right, and for context, my father is you know, a middle-aged Korean man from Korea, uh, traditional conservative thinking. Um, and in many ways, is like the stereotypical Asian-American father. Uh, you know, I say Asian-American because he happens to live in America, but in any ways, he's an Asian father. Um, so he, he worked a lot um, and that was his love language. And providing for the family, um not so much like verbally saying like you know, son, I'm proud of you," or like you know i'm I'm happy uh to to be spending time with you or uh saying "I love you, but I think over time, as he became more and more American, that started coming up, right especially like after college and then after I graduated from college, um, you know he he got a lot more like verbal about very uh, communicative about uh, expressing love um so the model of fatherhood for me is definitely shaped by my own father and i don't think i've truly appreciated my own father until i became a father in in very specific ways uh, i just told this story to the guys in small group uh, last thursday uh because we were talking about you know things that are on our mind. Um, And I recall that every time that my family went on a family vacation, it was my father that was the travel agent. He was the guy who got the rental car and drove everybody. You know, and after a full day of vacationing, I'll say that in air quotes, because you can go to the beach or go to an amusement park and go somewhere. After every full day of vacationing, it was always my father driving everybody home, to the hotel or home. Uh, and I didn't realize how hard that was until I do it myself, when we took the baby to Disneyland for the first time. Because when we went, uh, it was incredibly fun, right? Like we didn't expect to have that much fun with a, a baby at Disneyland, but it was exhausting, right? It's hot, I gotta carry around a baby and you know, basically be stressed watching the baby. At the same time as trying to have a good day at an amusement park, and then driving them home. <laughs> so um, there are other times when just Janice and I go to Disneyland and I, I drive her home, and the drive home is very exhausting. and i I remember my father doing that. He just said without asking for thanks. he did it. With, and without a complaint and he always did it and he would do a lot of things to keep himself awake like you know chewing gum drinking coffee playing music lot live Korean music <laughs> but he got us home every time so uh... I think I will start to realize more and more fatherhood lessons like that as my own child grows up I'm not going to realize everything now that my father did for me until it happens to myself mm. until i have to experience it for myself for sure mm.
1: this notion of like sacrifice and also acknowledging your dad's you know little ways of showing love or maybe nonverbal ways of showing love to you yeah um, and now with um your own daughter do, do you notice even yourself like new things that you're learning about yourself um, or what you knew what it meant to be a dad
2: well i, I go back to this idea of unconditional love right because i love sleep <laughs> i really love sleep and when the baby comes in the first two three months you can't sleep baby's literally up every two hours and you have to keep her awake to feed her to make sure that she's safe and to make sure she's taken care of and she's changed um and in the first month, especially, it was very difficult because um, uh, Janice delivered the baby and she had to recover, right? Pregnancy is not just like, oh, everything is fine. It's a magical experience. It's, just, it's a major surgery, right? <laughs> Vastly underestimated, you know, the amount of recovery time Janice needed. So I was taking care of baby and Jess for, for a while. And it wasn't just me, obviously, because... I would have collapsed probably. <laughs> we had help from parents to parents. Um, but I recall like most of the first two weeks um, while my wife was like bedridden I would move the baby around and change the diapers and also clean all the tissue the, the pump parts. Basically keep up the rest of the house and all the laundry you know, solo. So you 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 get called up to the plate. Step up. Mm. Only in those moments. <laughs> like, like, you can't... Like you're certainly not going to volunteer. For the, it's very instances where like you're going to have to do that until fatherhood gets you. <laughs> yeah,
0: it sounds like based... Like, as I reflect on what you were sharing about your own dad um, and your own experiences in those first two, like, first couple of months, like, it sounds like fatherhood is a lot about, like, uh, your experience has been about responsibility and uh, steadiness, you know, just the ways that your dad... Was steady and like still being awake and responsible about making sure everyone gets home and I'll be the driver. Like I, I see that in you actually a lot, David, like when, or at least like from what you're sharing, but this like sense of responsibility that it it's not easy. It's not like when you're doing that, you really like sleep, but it's a sense of joy too to be able to love um, Ariel in this very like unglamorous ways. <laughs> well, I think
2: it's the, uh... You know, really sort of putting it um, in terms of um, feeling the responsibility. Like, it's it's definitely a weight, right? It weighs on you at at times. Um, But there are times when they're like, it doesn't feel like a burden at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm glad to say that those times are a lot more frequent. Because um, you know, fatherhood is also about experiencing joys that you have never experienced before. You know I'm not just talking about like hardships you've never experienced before, but also about joys you've never experienced before. So, for example, um, seeing your baby smile for the first time
1: because
2: hmm. like a social smile, not just because like they're practicing their facial <laughs> muscles, right, but because they're smiling because of something you're doing. so that was that was uh, a very, very nice moment. And then also, you know hearing her giggle and laugh because of something that you are doing or making a funny face or like tickling her there's there's nothing I don't I can't really describe the feeling there's nothing like it um that um uh, you can you can really tell if you're if you're not a parent of a child hearing your child laugh and seeing them have a extreme state of happiness um uh, it's indescribable
1: yeah um I'll add another question um, that we didn't write but you know did you ever have doubts prior to being a father about what what you know what you would be like being a father or maybe I don't know if you have friends who are considering children but don't want children um, maybe they have like doubts about that did you ever experience something like that?
2: I don't think I had doubts um... I think both of us, myself and my wife, you know, definitely wanted kids. Mm -hmm. I think every parent underestimates how much work it's gonna be. And you won't know until you actually try it out. Um, I feel like all of our conversations with our our friends that had kids already, Mm -hmm. they probably undersold how much work it was gonna be. Maybe for fear that we wouldn't have kids on our own or something or we wouldn't, you know, get to experience the joy of parenthood, but I think most people undersell how much work it actually is going to be because um, I think when you become a parent, you very quickly forget about those negative experiences, all the work it takes, and then you kind of hold on to the very happy memories, you know, the laughter, the smiles. The family dinners, the vacations. Um, so, in that sense, I don't, I don't think I was like, you know, afraid or, you know, hesitant to, to have a kid in any sense. Uh, I was definitely unprepared. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I was definitely unprepared, but I don't, I don't think I was hesitant.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess, it, like you mentioned before, you know, there's nothing really that can prepare you fully. Um, Unless there, you felt like, oh, you know, I think I could have done some things, you know, prior, but um, yeah. So, I mean, now you're a parent of a nine month old and you guys kind of have gotten down a schedule dealing with um, and taking care of Ariel. Um, how do you guys, you and Janice, able to balance life now and uh, maybe even spend time together and create those personal spaces for yourselves?
2: Mm-hmm. so i think the biggest open question now is time for each other so for, for between myself and my wife uh we're, all, we're also kind of like figuring out our our future careers yeah. i think that's a smaller priority in many ways to like the relationship between myself and her um mm-hmm. uh, still our minds obviously because like hey we have a kid can i you know, launch a startup, and for Janice, like, can I do private practice or leave my job and change, change positions? All of that now becomes different when you have a child. Uh, um, nothing is like uh, completely risk-free anymore. Nothing. <laughs> it's it's. I guess a little different also when you are married, but compared <laughs> to having a child, is uh, I don't think there's a, a comparison there. Um, and in the sense for. Time for each other. <laughs> to be honest, I think we're still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, we've tried to do date nights during a weeknight. Like, we picked a random, like, Tuesday, because it was a day that I didn't go to school. <laughs> and we tried to do Tuesday date nights. That has not been consistent. Oh, by the way, did we get Boba? Okay. So, checking. <laughs> part, part of... Uh... <laughs> even a healthy marriage it's tuesday today because uh we're we right. dinner together and uh we're getting uh dash boba that all right back to the podcast yeah. i love that <laughs> um and then for the weekends we try to make it family time uh because you know, like extended time with your child um it, the quality time will happen in the weekend because I guess during the weekdays during Monday through Friday you're thinking about work right you're thinking about can I make a living for my family right Can I do the job that is expected of me can I be a good performer at the workplace um, on the weekend like that for the most part doesn't have to be a concern so the weekends uh, one time we took the baby to the Arboretum. It's like an outdoor garden here in Arcadia. Um, Most weekends we try to, now now that she's eating solids, uh, we try to bring her to a restaurant so that she can go experience a new place and eat new food and be with us like when we go out. Um, But for the time for each other, if it doesn't happen on those Tuesdays, it's it's tough, right? Like just, just the two of us where you know grandparents watch the baby and uh the child is taken care of and then we can focus on each other so it happens in small pockets right? usually like very late night conversations it's never convenient our best conversations always happen at two in the morning <laughs> but you know, that's when everything is done right yeah it's true <laughs> so that's, that's the current state right now
1: <laughs> sounds real um yeah. it's always hard yeah
0: yeah no i thanks david for sharing honestly about mm-hmm. the last the last nine months which has gone i'm sure on your end like super quick like just seeing her develop and the fact that she's eating solids you know like all those those yep. developmental markers um but also just it's it's we the last episode we had um a mom of two i think her oldest is four i think or something like that Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of cool to to hear your experience just like really in the i guess in the middle uh, and really in the fresh beginning yeah the beginning of of parenthood and an arielle being your first i think there's like something that's really i don't know like really um um pure In some sense, you know how like newborns are just like so innocent and pure. I think that's the same way that like something I'm reflecting as you're sharing, David, like this pure joy when you're talking about your unconditional love for your daughter is just something really beautiful and I think is something untainted and especially Ariel being your first child. So thanks for sharing that, even in the midst of like still figuring things out. I think that's, like, beautiful to hold on to.
2: Yes, yes. And it's, like, I mean, life, life is, is getting more and more hectic. And it just doesn't stop getting hectic. No. If anything, it gets more and more hectic. Um, I've realized that um, while my, my love is, like, limitless, uh, love love is, like, you know, a resource that's, like, you not know, bounded, right? I can, I can love my wife. I can love my baby unconditionally unfortunately my time is limited and conditional right so that that is what i'm uh, wrestling with now
0: Just want to thank you for coming on and sharing um yeah a little bit about fatherhood your experience thank you janice for uh you know uh letting us borrow him for uh, a <laughs> couple for an hour <laughs> taking away from your boba time um but we usually like to end our uh, uh interviews with just something something casual some like trivia some like life hacks to help us as people just live Better lives by these little tips. So we usually ask these two questions: um, What's something you recommend, and what's something you don't recommend? And they can be serious, but we kind of like the non-serious ones. But up to you.
2: Mhm. Mhm. Ah, I'm trying to think of a, like a life hack.
0: In the past, people talk about like. Their like recent purchases or um, (laughs) like don't recommend like certain foods. Anyways, that's been a hot topic. Ethiopian food apparently is a very uh controversial. Controversial.
2: (laughs) I mean, I I'm not a fan of the bread, the injera. It's very sour. Everything else is fine. I I have (laughs) opinions. This is the topic of a different podcast. (laughs) Um, in terms of hacks, I would say um. What's something you recommend? I definitely recommend food prep. Food prep is, and this is only because like, you know, as a family, now we're trying to take control of our finances. We are now the third mouth to feed and we cannot, mm-hmm. you know, DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats every single day. Because mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're doing the math and it doesn't, doesn't make sense. Um, food prep and Costco. Ooh. Definitely a life hack for us. Um and I call upon an example I just did with uh, with Janice over the past two two days. We had gotten a four-pack of steaks. Uh, they're, they're filet mignon steaks that you can get for Costco. Mm-hmm. And they're $15 each for like a like 15-ounce filet mignon. So the prices are great at Costco. Um, and I didn't have a lot of time the first two times I cooked the first few steaks. So I just did like the... the Pan fry, and then baste with butter at the end. Putting time and effort into the food prep made this, the last steak I made, I guess, a lot better. And that took um, food prep of uh, doing a dry brine, like, you know, pre-salting it about four yeah. or five hours before you cook, uh, reverse searing uh, mm. for about... Sounds
1: like a chef,
2: man. minutes before sear and then finishing <laughs> with the sear two, Three times better than the first two times it did, so you know, I, I've done reverse here before. I, I know how to do the third one, I just didn't have time. But to kind of plan out and do a food prep is definitely a life hack. Nice, I
0: think, I think we should do a cooking day at your house. <laughs> like, top chef, <laughs> I um,
2: have made steak for a lot of my friends. I keep,
0: yes, I remember this. I remember I this.
2: I keep telling people it. about it, and you know, somehow. They volunteer me to make steak for them. (laughs) That was my pandemic activity. People made bread. I I made steak. (laughs) Yeah, COVID.
0: What's something you don't recommend?
2: Something I don't recommend. I would not recommend not exercising <laughs> <laughs> i would not recommend a sedentary lifestyle especially when you become a parent and there's literally no time to do anything um before you have kids like you know develop those healthy exercise habits early doesn't have to be long it could be 10 minutes like light jog or stretching or you know weights do something because I mean, <laughs> You have a lot of stuff to do, and again, this, this this will happen when you when you get to a certain life stage, right? Mortgage will happen, kids will happen, bills, obviously, maybe more education. Where's the time for exercise? So definitely, uh, don't be sedentary. <laughs> <laughs> it will it'll come come back and bite you very fast. I've developed uh, a dad bod right now, and I'm not I'm not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: trying to get back into it
2: huh yes it's so hard to get back on the horse
1: uh-huh
2: it's better not to fall off
1: <laughs> at all
2: just don't it's fall off the horse. So <laughs> hold on tight hold on tight to the exercise horse yes
0: uh well you heard it here food prep and don't be sedentary start go. early
1: create those yep. habits
0: yep Wow, those are very um like lifestyle tips. Like just good, just good. Uh, yeah. Overall, we should make a compilation of all these. Actually, that would your kind mind of shift. It.
2: I mean, I guess your mind shift changes dramatically, right? When you have a when you have a family, yeah. You start thinking about things like, I need to take care of myself for the next thirty years, mm-hmm. not just mm. the next uh, the summer. Right, I need to be there when my daughter gets married right i need to make sure that i can pay for college and i can't do that if doordash is eating up all my money <laughs> right. these are the things i think about now <laughs> <It's> <laughs> real, always... this is real fatherhood right this I'm is real fatherhood right
0: no longer <laughs> doordashing right
1: <laughs> true my like i had some uh guy friends that lost a lot of weight right before they the baby came so because they uh, wanted to prep for fatherhood so. <laughs>
2: that's the move yep.
0: <laughs> oh wow well thanks david again for coming on and taking time uh in your busy schedule to share with us and our listeners about being a dad um, yeah of
2: course thanks for having me this is fun uh very happy that uh you guys <laughs> hopefully have some good material good
0: <laughs> definitely we'll talk to you later
2: all right have a good night
0: Now it's time for Eating Sliced Fruits with Laurishing and Gigi. The part of the show where Laurishing and Gigi eat sliced fruits. All right, so a slice sliced fruit segment, we've got apricots today yeah. for this episode, which is kind of interesting because I don't think I've ever bought apricots okay. before um and usually me and Gigi will kind of plan a little bit ahead but well usually we don't honestly we just kind of show up and see what kind of fruit we have sometimes but she happened to have apricots and I happen to have apricots Mm -hmm. it was cheap at Trader Joe's so I decided to buy it Um, I think it's
1: maybe in season
0: maybe that's why I usually eat apricots um dried though
1: wait can I see if I can find my um fruit calendar
0: Calendar your list.
1: My calendar, because I have a calendar I printed out. Okay. For what fruits are in season every oh, year.
0: Yeah. Got it. Oh, okay. Well, Judy's left the room to find her calendar. I will talk about apricots in the meantime. Um, I can find it. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I'll have them prepared next time. I mean, I don't know. Maybe my apricots need to sit and ripe a little longer. Mm-hmm. But I've had it for a week and it's still pretty like tart sour? and sour. Oh, yeah. I'm
1: just so, thinking apricots, apricots, yeah.
0: Dirt. Yeah. Now, like the one I'm eating, like, oh, so sour. And then
1: the texture is a bit different. It's mushy, right? You know?
0: Well, literally all mines are pretty firm. Firm. <laughs> so um
1: oh that sucks
0: i know well maybe because i put it in the fridge maybe i can just let them out of the fridge and let it
1: so when i think about apricots fun fact is that apricot jam is Mm -hmm. a very good jam to have if you like baking For sure. it's actually not like super sweet usually but um what i want to say is that it acts as a very good glaze Mm -hmm. so let's say you're making a fruit tart and you, you know, every time you go to those like Asian cake stores, it's always glazy, you know, um, they all often use a certain type of glaze, but uh, apricot jam has a really good ingredient in it that, um, produces that shine on those fruits. Yeah. It's also great at, um, after you make the tart, you will use the apricot jam
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, to spread on the tart so that it doesn't. The fruit or whatever the um compote that you Mm -hmm. make um that sits in the tart doesn't seep through the tart and get it all soggy
0: yeah that's important you don't want soggy anything in uh, baking Mm -hmm. i don't know i think like apricots are probably like 30 (laughs) yeah i mean i actually do these slicers are you just eating it whole
1: i sliced it i mean that's the point of slicer it
0: (laughs) Yeah, Um, me too. Um, Mm.
1: But when they're like perfect, perfectly ripe, it's nice.
0: So I actually have this, well, I I already ate it prior, but I had this with like cheese and crackers, which probably is a good pairing. I I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't eat apricots by itself.
1: You know, it's like, I think they have like apricot brie sandwiches.
0: That sounds good, huh? Yeah, I think apricots as a... mm, addition or ingredient yeah. is great but apricots alone as a sliced fruit not really whereas other fruits that we've had is great alone too mm-hmm. no okay so we're going to talk about uh usually in our slice segment talks about things we enjoy usually mm-hmm. within the arts and entertainment um area um mm-hmm. i'll go s- I'll-, I'll start with mine um which is actually something that gigi recommended mm-hmm. um She texted me this week and you had uh, uh, updated me about this band we follow that Gigi also recommended, introduced, called Elephant Gym. And they released a new album maybe two weeks, three, two, three weeks ago. And lately I've been having this routine of trying to work out during lunch and I listened to some music new music usually and so Mm. i spent like my whole lunch listening to that album and it was it's so good it's Mm -hmm. definitely i think it's there's like some things i like was good about their music before but i just really like this album a whole Mm. lot the production um and then it made me do a little bit more deep diving into the band i should say for the listeners um Elephant Gym is a three-person band. I think their genre is like math rock or something like that. But they have a lot of like blues, no, a lot of jazz inspiration mm-hmm. in their music. And with schools, they're from Taiwan. And so something that you don't think about.
1: Yeah. I think they're all siblings.
0: Uh, two of them are siblings.
1: Oh, right. And then one is the friend. Yeah.
0: And then I, for some reason, I never watched their music videos or live, but man, search up. I got into deep dive Mm. and found some of their live videos oh my lord i just think that female bassists uh, are just so cool i didn't know she was a bassist and i'm just watching her play i'm like dang so bad like i've i've always felt this way and there's just room for so just if you're just curious search fingers fingers um audio tree live elephant gym get your mind blown mm,
1: so good so good um yeah I love it. They highlight the, you know, um, the female vocalist and plus bassist. Yeah, highlight bass in front of their music, so you often hear it like leading the music. But I think with the latest album, Dreams, uh, man, I'm I was so excited because when I found them, I think last year, mm-hmm. um, their latest album was like 2018, or it was just a while ago, um. And now hearing their music, it's different. It's and, so
0: different. Yeah. And
1: also unique. Like, I always loved their music. There's something about it that just, like, stands out. Um, and it's it, it's like when you hear music that, oh, wait, I've never heard that before. Um, that's
0: what's mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. And, and
1: even though it's not something you often listen to, like uh, the genre that's popular or whatnot, but um, it it's still like palatable, yet really unique. Um, and there's some storytelling in it, you know, like, I don't speak Tai-yu, Taiwanese, you know, um, and they often have some songs in Taiwanese. Um, but it, there's like storytelling in it, you can feel it, you. Um, yeah, you're just so intrigued by it. Um, so I, I just love the sound. It's so fun. It's like, Great workout music, I think. You know, it's it, it's driving. You know, it wakes you up, and also um, uh, with funk music and and just like funky type of music, I, I I love it because it's it it's unexpected. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I think I had to look up what exactly math rock was. I could not. I thought I had an idea, um, but at least according to Wikipedia, it's it's a genre under like progressive alternative rock that mm-hmm. uses. Um, different time signatures it, and when you listen to it it sounds mathematical and that makes yeah. sense because there's a lot of and and that's why there's like I, okay I'm not an expert in music well yeah. anyways but that's why it's like some especially their latest album has a lot of jazz inspiration where it's a lot like more convoluted complex which is why listening to it as a workout is like fun because there's different sections of the songs that aren't predictable and that kind of keep you kind of listening which is some but whereas some songs or some genres which are great that Gigi sometimes harps me on on like singer songwriter acoustic it's just like so sometimes really predictable Yeah. And just like you kind of go to sleep because you're like, I already know what the section is going to be. Right. (laughs) Whereas if you go take jazz, math, rock, elephant gym, you're like, what the what is going on here? And you just keep listening. But it's not. I mean, there's there's experimental and obscure music out there. But at least this band and their music isn't too obscure for -hmm. you to feel lost. But it keeps you listening.
1: Yeah. I mean, another great band. I mean, is is like hiatus coyote
0: i thought the same thing yes
1: yeah i mean i I mean i haven't really listened to so much band so many bands in math rock and i started to listen to more recently but like yeah there's something that's really similar to them but hiatus coyote i feel like is more in your face (laughs) boom you know yeah but
0: um their last album was definitely very (laughs) experimental i i got lost definitely
1: yeah Valvin Jim, there's definitely elements of like kind of traditional like wine jazz, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how you, uh, how you would describe it. You know, the traditional type of like the Thelonious Monk or um,
0: sure, uh,
1: yeah.
0: I so, like how we're saying these things, and
1: we're not really that um, <laughs> well.
0: Well, well, I, I would say well, then the form- average person, yes
1: sure then that, we haven't really understood it that well
0: I think so. we know music like a lot of sh- we know music on a on like <laughs> it's so funny oh, we know things like on the surface level first but yeah. but not surface I yes, would say surface, yeah I, I, I was at a tangent I, I literally was at a books used bookstore earlier this afternoon after church and I spent most of my time trying to read like skimmed read through this book it was on skincare. It was like a whole like big book on skincare. And it was like, great. I was like, yes, I have a lot of questions. Please tell me. And, and what, well, well, Anyways, I will get back to why I said this, but uh, brought this up, but um, like the first couple pages this is like really basic anatomy, biology lessons about the skin. And like, I was reminded, oh yeah, epidermis, dermis, Subdermis mm-hmm. levels of the skin. So I was going to say we're not like epidermis. I think we're like just below the epidermis level right. of knowledge of music.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'd say that it, it, it reminds me of the conversation I have with some of like um, my friends who are just really deep into sports and like we grew up playing sports, but we're not following super, super deeply to any of the sport but we can always talk and have like, <laughs> like and I could go back in like the t- early two thousands and name like NBA players. But like, I know nothing. The rest. It's, like, you're, it's like you're there, but then you're not. You know, like it's like, oh, we can go and have those conversations, but like we hit a point like pretty early. Yeah, <laughs> like
0: don't like only like five minutes max. I can't like have more conversation. Yeah,
1: or like it, the depth part. It's like. <laughs> Yeah, but no more than the average, but yeah.
0: Yeah, but it, it's okay. It's okay. Cause you are not a superficial person.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. Praise God.
0: Praise yeah. God. Praise God. <laughs> uh, what was other thing that
1: you We're going to talk about.
0: Oh, I was going to, uh, this will be probably the last thing we talk about. Um, But just before this, I, I was just like scrolling on YouTube and just like, honestly, it was like, I have 17 minutes. I'm just gonna just lie on the couch and look look something up on YouTube and I was looking at my subscriptions um and and uh, it's Sunday so like a lot of the church I previously subscribed to I don't really follow but I guess I subscribed to them in the past I was like Sunday service Sunday service live okay. and I came across our youth group <laughs> River of life okay. uh youth group and their Sunday service and I was like huh, I wonder what the kids these days are singing. <laughs> oh, this music. What okay. the kids are singing and like, even just like the quality, you know, like the quality of the band or what kind of equipment they're using. And uh-huh. I, so I just like, was just kind of watching their worship service, which, yeah, it brought up a lot of memories mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, I spent a lot of time on that stage and mm-hmm. comparing my, like oh they used that and it's actually kind of the same setup actually
1: yeah 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 no, I was gonna say like uh, the generation hasn't changed too too drastically
0: yeah they sing a lot of Hillsong songs which uh-huh. you know, no surprise but <laughs> but we sang a lot of Jesus culture I remember that in my in my mm-hmm. memories of
1: but even my, earlier days would be like the Chris Tomlins and the
0: um, I mean Chris Tomlin is still like relevant. <laughs>
1: we were talking about this recently with some friends but it's like you know like the shine jesus shine like like when, when those music plays you just know like you know the the melody and the some of the lyrics and you like might do the hand motions and uh, <laughs> but like i haven't sung that or heard that in like 20 years
0: yeah 20 years. yeah that's solid yeah so that's what uh That's what I was enjoying literally
2: 15 minutes before
0: (laughs) uh, we hopped on, which was cool. I was gonna say um, as as a tangent, as an interrupter about when we're talking about elephant gym, but now that we're talking about our days in playing youth band, I played, you know, Gigi knows I sang, I played guitar. Um, And then I would lead, Gigi played bass. And she also played bass in jazz band, right. as we were talking about like female basses So yeah, Gigi is a female bassist, and I think you uh, own a bass right now, don't I you? Two. That's wait, can oh, yes. I wait? How, do you own two or do you have two?
1: Uh, I own two. I, I actually share ownership with one one of my. Oh friends.
0: my gosh! Wait, should I can I borrow one of your bases?
1: Um, I have to ask the the one that we have shared ownership over. Um <laughs> But sure. Um, but oh, you need get an amp and you'll need to like um practice, which I I really need to do. Like someone just texted me like a few days ago and like I hope you're still playing bass. I, like, <laughs> I didn't respond back. Um there's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so many things to do. Um yeah, um, I think I'm a little scared because like I I feel like I should be better than where I am now. <laughs> it's I now. Mean, okay like yeah.
0: i just need to do it i was gonna say like we're we're kind of like jack of all trades masters of none <laughs> yeah, but but you. i will say Gigi definitely has a skill level that is deeper than superficial when it comes to baking so that's for baking? sure
1: okay so that's the that's the one thing i can talk about okay <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah we'll talk about it next sweet for... well have a good one g All right, that's a wrap for season two. Just want to thank David again for stopping by and sharing about his experience and what it means to be a father. Um, And again, thanks for listening in and following us um, through the last two seasons. We'll be taking a summer break and we're really excited for the new content you'll be seeing in season three. So be on the lookout, follow us on Instagram at The Slice Fruit. Um, And then again, if you aren't already, you can hit a like, hit hit subscribe um, for our podcast wherever you listened to your podcast and be on the lookout for season three in the fall. As always, take care, guys. Have a good summer.